So I am sitting here with Jason from downstairs. Jason is, uh, well, I'm not really sure. Basically, we record this podcast in the same building that my dad works in. And my dad constantly has suggestions as to who he thinks should be on our podcast and who he would be good for this show, including Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi. So, Jason, you do you work with my dad? Yeah, believe it or not, your dad actually works for me. Wow, wow. <laughs> and uh, Jason, do you work in politics? No. Are you an activist? No. Uh, do you identify as a libertarian? Yes, I do, actually. Jason, do you think that you should be on this podcast? No. Okay, thank no. you so much. Uh, this has been Jason from downstairs on People My Dad Thinks Should Be on My Podcast. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. Over the last couple years, the political climate in the U.S. has become increasingly scary. People of color are under attack. Queer and trans people are under attack. Women's rights, you guessed it, they're under attack. The post-election vibe amongst young women is, this sucks, I want to help, but how? My name is Jill Gutowitz. And I'm Carmen Rios. We're bringing together your favorite stars with politicians, activists, and analysts to talk current issues, U.S. government, and activism. We're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wokeness. This is The The Bossy Bossy Show. Coming up, we've got YouTuber Gabby Dunn in the studio. Plus, we're talking to the president of Alliance for Justice, Nan Aaron, about the Supreme Court and government obstruction. In order for us to fully understand the Supreme Court, we have to think about the past year. Donald Trump just nominated Neil Gorsuch as his pick for the seat on the Supreme Court. Originally, Obama nominated Merrick Garland for that seat, but the Republicans blocked the nomination for almost a full year. Nan Aaron is the president of Alliance for Justice, an association that ensures the court system adheres to core constitutional values and preserves human rights. We gave her a call to try and figure all this out. I'm Nan Aaron. I'm president of Alliance for Justice, which is an association of over 120 public interest civil rights advocacy groups. I founded the organization in 1979. What do you think is at stake with Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court? Well, let's step back for a minute and talk about the Supreme Court. This is an issue for the generations. I say that because every aspect of life in America, whether it's the quality of your water, air you breathe, whether you have protections in the workplace, whether As a person of color or woman, you can get promoted to a decent-paying job, whether you have access to reproductive health services, whether your medicines are safe. All these issues in this country are ultimately decided by a federal judge. A district court judge appealed to the Court of Appeals and Supreme Court judge. So that what judges and justices do affects our lives in a very direct way. The other aspect of federal judges that's important to recognize is that while we elect presidents for four years or eight years, judges and justices serve for life. So actually, President Trump will now have the opportunity to appoint justices, as we see in the case of Neil Gorsuch, for lifetime tenure on the Supreme Court. 
And as far as lower court judges, there are about 100 vacancies on our federal bench throughout the country. So this is an issue for the generations because judges we put on the bench today will be there during the lives of our children and grandchildren. So all of us ought to care and care passionately about who goes on the federal bench and who goes on to the Supreme Court. And Neil Gorsuch is young. Neil Gorsuch is young, only 49 years old, and could be on the Supreme Court for another 40 40 years. So that's a long time. And our problem with Neil Gorsuch is that his record really doesn't demonstrate respect for our constitutional values of liberty, equality, justice for all. His record shows that he would side with the wealthy and powerful. He is friendly to Wall Street and big corporations. He's been hostile to the rights of women, hostile to the to agencies' ability to regulate the quality of our air, water, workers' protections, and civil rights. He's got a disturbing attitude towards police brutality, and he would make it much harder for women to get reproductive health care. He is essentially a friend of big business, siding with the wealthy and powerful, not with the rest of us, and if confirmed, would be a justice in the mold of a John Roberts, a Sam Alito, Antonin Scalia, whom he'll replace, and as such will undermine countless laws that we all care about in this country. Would you mind telling us why isn't Merrick Garland in that seat, and how would it be different if he was? I think we're all uh, observing an administration that is seeking to dismantle the social, economic, the political progress of the last 100 years. Donald Trump would love to take a sledgehammer to our reproductive rights, to environmental protection, civil rights, and because Republicans control the White House and Congress. The only branch not under the control of Republicans are the courts, is our judiciary. And therefore, it is even more important for all of us to weigh in on the comfort, on this nomination and speak out against the nomination of Neil Gorsuch because it is not clear from his record as a judge on the Tenth Circuit, as a lawyer before that, that he would operate as an independent check on the executive branch. Uh, Executive branch excesses, executive branch abuses, and what we're looking for, particularly at this moment in time, is a Supreme Court that can serve as an independent check on Donald Trump's uh, actions in the White House. Now, to answer your question about Merrick Garland, we have to go back in time. About a year ago, Antonin Scalia, an ultra-conservative on the Supreme Court, suddenly died. Even before President Obama 
named a successor for Antonin Scalia's seat. Mitch McConnell, then the majority, Republican majority leader in the Senate, announced in a press release that no matter who President Obama nominated for that open seat, that Mitch McConnell would not give that nominee either a hearing or a vote. A few weeks later, President Obama named Merrick Garland, very moderate judge on the D.C. Circuit, incredibly qualified with a stellar record in the law, and equally important, enjoyed respect from senators on both sides of the political aisle. In fact, shortly after Scalia died and before Obama named Merrick Garland, Orrin Hatch, very hard right senator from the state of Utah, picked up the phone and asked Barack Obama to consider Merrick Garland. President Obama sent Merrick Garland's name to the Senate, and because Mitch McConnell had announced that no hearing or vote would take place, nothing happened. This lack of activity was absolutely unprecedented in history. For instance, the last year of Ronald Reagan's administration, when the Senate was in the hands of the Democratic Party, a seat became vacant, and the Democrats and Republicans together confirmed Anthony Kennedy. And the same thing happened with other presidents. What happened last year had never happened before in history. Now, why were Republicans keeping the seat open? It's pretty clear their motive was to make sure that if a Republican president took office, that that president would then name a very ultra-conservative candidate, and that ultra-conservative candidate is Neil Gorsuch. So at the moment, you've got a lot of not just Democrats who are anguished over the mistreatment of Merrick Garland, but I've been surprised by how many people around the country know that this candidate, maybe they don't know Merrick Garland's name, but they know that a candidate for the Supreme Court is not permitted even to have a hearing or a vote during last year. We have a situation now where we've got Donald Trump having nominated Neil Gorsuch. We are not opposing Neil Gorsuch because we want payback for what Republicans did to Merrick Garland. Our opposition to, to Neil Gorsuch is based solely on his record. And interestingly, it appears that the effort to against Neil Gorsuch is, is one that has been energized by a number of eight, there are now eight Democratic senators. I think a ninth one was just on the floor tonight, Ben Cardin from Maryland who have announced opposition. We don't, in this country, want a Supreme Court that is going to take us back. Back to the days where we have to relitigate voting rights, access to reproductive care, church-state separation. These are issues that have been decided by the court. According to our polls, most Americans, even if they disagree with one of these decisions, they want the country as a whole to move forward, not have to go backwards in time and re-argue 
all these old, old cases. And if Neil Gorsuch is confirmed, uh, there is the very likely prospect that we will take the country backwards, not forwards. Why were the Republicans allowed to do that? Like, how did they block Merrick Garland for a full year? So Republicans were able to block Merrick Garland for a year because they were in the majority, and therefore they governed and were in control of all the decision-making. There wasn't really anything the Democrats could do. Had they been in the majority, Merrick Garland, well, Merrick Garland would be on the Supreme Court. Because at the end of the day, not one Republican raised any objection to Merrick Garland's record. That's the sad piece of the story. They had no problem with Merrick Garland. They simply wanted to leave the seat open for a a Donald Trump to fill or a Republican president to fill if one were elected. I think it's just unbelievably obstructionist and mean-spirited on the part of the Republicans. Now they're seeking to take advantage of it by putting their guy on the Supreme Court, a guy who's really not the kind of justice we want or need in this country. We're hearing Donald Trump wants the Senate to take what they call the nuclear option and block a filibuster if a filibuster comes uh, for Neil Gorsuch. Why is the system of checks and balances so important? The system of checks and balances is incredibly important. There's been a consensus over the years that in order to confirm a Supreme Court justice, that individual needs a filibuster-proof majority, meaning 60 votes. That would mean that not only would you have Republicans but Democrats having to vote for Neil Gorsuch. To break a filibuster, you need 41 votes, right? So in order to deny him the confirmation, it takes 41 senators to filibuster. I'm assuming, optimistically, that 41 senators are going to filibuster Neil Gorsuch. I am pretty certain that's going to happen. And what Donald Trump has said, if you filibuster Neil Gorsuch, I'm going to urge the Republicans in the Senate to turn around and end the filibuster by employing something that's called the nuclear option. And it's called the nuclear option because it's such an explosive action to basically do away with the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees. So the threat is, if you filibuster, we're going to turn around and do away with the filibuster. And I think at this point, it's too early to know whether or not uh, they'll succeed. I'm of the view that they won't, because many of the Republicans do not want to change the rules. They do not want to go nuclear. They do not want to have to defend going nuclear in the Senate to their constituents. And they don't want to do away with the filibuster because someday it might be that they're in the minority, as the Democrats are now, and might want to employ the filibuster for themselves. So it's very much, it's not at all certain as to what the outcome will be. But I, for one, am very optimistic that uh, we will prevail.
and that at the end of the day, Judge Gorsuch will hopefully remain on the Tenth Circuit and not be elevated to the Supreme Court. I'm also hoping in the future that Republicans learn a lesson, and if they have another justice to appoint, that they'll sit down with the Democrats and engage in meaningful consultation to choose someone that both sides would find appealing for in a Supreme Court justice. I don't have a lot of hope that that's going to happen, but that at least is the theory upon which we're proceeding. That at the end of the day, the only way to get a really good, solid justice, one that abides by core constitutional values, is for both parties to sit down and agree on a candidate. So in order to describe what a filibuster is, I'm going to have Carmen filibuster me right now as a display. Uh, my name is Jill. Hold and, on, I have something um, to say. Oh, oh uh, I have something to say. Oh, and I'm just going to keep talking. Oh, oh well, <clears throat> I, I was just actually. Trying yeah, to say but there's like a so. lot I have on my mind. Oh, but so you're just, no, like there's like a lot oh. of stuff going on. I just feel well, like I, I should had... have a chance to talk about it before we finish no, talking about what you're talking I just about. Feel like I like maybe if we say. never finish so talking about what you're talking you're about, it could be fun. Yeah, I've got a lot to say. I just no, yeah, like there was, you know, like I want to talk about Arizona Ice Tea, Soul Cycle, my dog, Hillary Clinton, things I love, your shirt, like my overalls. I I have a lot of. Do you want me to read from the phone book? I can do that. I can read from the phone book. This has been Carmen Filibuster's Jill. We are here with YouTuber Gabby Dunn, which is a weird introduction because you're my best friend. I know. I was about to say, like, what a removed introduction. This girl that uh, is on the internet, Gabby Dunn. Yeah, nice to meet you, Jill. Yeah. And, well, Carmen's here, too, so. No, Carmen and I hang out all the time. Oh, really? I've never met you before. Oh, you guys are close friends? We're Oh, what a deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> Gabby is here on the show tonight. Um, we're going to talk to her a little bit about politics, and then we're going to play a little... Uh, we're explaining filibustering. Sure, and like yeah. other ways that... Like, other ways can, to break the government. Right, like the government is basically completely broken, and there's a lot of ways to like keep breaking it, so we're going to just go over some of those. But not like breaking it like smashing the state, but breaking it like it's just... Like the system is inherently broken. broken. It's like a little clogged. Like there's... Right. Um, Gabby considers herself an activist on the left side. Um, what kind of actions do you have you been taking every day, I would say, since, you know, the end of the world happened? Oh, well, it's been a lot of laying on the floor. Um, <laughs> That's not, actually not an action. That's an inaction. <laughs> uh, just screaming into your fist. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, I've been to the marches and... Uh, I got. I actually yesterday someone showed me this number you can text, and you text it the word daily, and then every day it sends you a phone number to call or an action you can take or a senator to call or something like that in a script of what to say. Cool. Yeah, which is awesome. So I did that today for the first time, um, but primarily uh, I've been doing a lot of donating to places and also like small scale on our channel. We did a, a week this week where we've. We sort of have been acting as if nothing was happening. And then this week on the channel, we did two videos that were both uh, anti-Trump videos. But primarily, yeah, and I've been making phone calls, which I hate. 
I, I hate doing. I hate it. It gives so me a much. lot of anxiety, but I'll do it. Yeah. And I'm a reporter. I also like write and I'm a reporter, so I call people all the time. Right. But for it's some a, well, reason. I think like for me, I and it's getting better now that I have done it. But for me, it was like really hard to do it the first time because it's that fear of like, well, who's going to pick up and what are they going to say? And then what if they ask me questions? And then what if I don't know the answers? Or I just imagine like every time you call, they go like, "Ugh, we know. And then they hang up. But that's not been <laughs> yeah. the case. Like, No, they're really nice. Yeah, everyone's nice. And yeah, so I've kind of been doing that. I haven't really signed any of the petitions because I'm nervous that the petitions are like gathering our, in- like they're fake and they're <laughs> gathering our information. <laughs> they are. It's just like fake petitions that the alt-right is doing so that they can get our email addresses where, so that they can sign us up for Nazi Monthly. This where, is, where are they hosted and who told you this? <laughs> this it's, is... I, what do you mean? It like, seems... at what point in time was this theory born? I'm a smart person. I think this okay, is like... Okay, think about it. So, like, if someone were... sent you a petition, you were like, I know who did this petition. If a you were trying... No, okay. If you were, like, a, a Nazi and you were trying to get the names of Jews, wouldn't yeah. you make a petition <laughs> that says, like, I love Jews, sign this petition? <laughs> then you just have a list of Jews. I- I, I, I listen. Yeah, my I family was in the Holocaust. I ain't falling for shit. I was. I'm I not like falling has, for this again. I feel like fool this me has... once, shame oh. on you. Fool me twice, you have a registry of Jews. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like this has so much to do with your upbringing and your parents, and like just like you coming from Florida, and be like, Mm-mm, I don't trust that. I don't trust that. I don't trust anything. Though. I know. My parents. My parents are ridiculous people. Like they're very. Like my dad was one of the first people I ever saw put tape over the camera on his <laughs> computer because the government's watching you. Like, oh. they're very, they're almost, like, they're very radical. Like, they're almost, like, socialist. And they're just, like, they they just, I grew up being, like, yeah, and then they put stuff in the water, and that's how they mind control you. Like, I just <laughs> grew up, like, but also, okay, but that, I'm not being, so th- there is a time, sometimes, where I go, am I being a paranoid person or am I being <laughs> smart? This, I think, the you petition don't think, thing... You don't think it's paranoid that you think petitions are run by Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> petitions that, that presumably have been around for a really long time. We've been signing them for no, a few the centuries. New, Carmen, the new ones. Where where are they, Gabby? Are they on? Is they're, change.org secretly like a Nazi Yes, you heard it here first. And they're collecting our information. Why? Who wants our information and why do they want it? They they need it to validate that a human being signed the petition and not a mm. robot. No, I don't trust it. I'm sign any petition you want to sign. I'm just saying sign I think petitions. that the Nazis are taking our information to use for what end? This took a turn. This took a turn. <laughs> okay. Um, Gabby, you what have are... you ever had any crazy conspiracy oh theorists on your show? And you're like, Jason, just Jason, Jason from downstairs. Jason from downstairs. This will be a real good. But those episode. are facts. Those are facts that we're afraid of. Right. Yeah. Um, what are some issues that really matter to you right now? I Nazi think... registries. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the Muslim ban is huge because I just see a lot of parallels to when my family was coming out of Nazi Germany in the 40s. And like the whole reason that I'm alive and that I'm here is because my grandmother was able to escape and come with my dad on a boat, you know, to the U.S. um, And a lot of her family died in the Holocaust. And uh, I just like it's so crazy to me that it's exactly this. Like it's like we're doing it again. Right. And um, all, I think about all the people that were turned away on boats trying to escape Nazi Germany, and it's, like, so parallel to the people that are being detained right now or deported or not allowed back in. And I also think it's really important for Jews. Specifically, I know Jews and Muslims have 
like a storied history, but I think it's important now more than ever for Jews to stand up for Muslims because like right. no one did it for us. So it, it's we have we have to stick with at this point. It's like what put it aside. Right. Like you you're both non pork eating religions. <laughs> you're basically Jews the same. stand up for like just just stand up for them. Right. Um, I agree. And then, you know, also LGBTQ stuff, which is, like, my whole deal. That is your deal. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been as many attacks on that, possibly because Trump knows that we love a parade. Right. And that we will, like, cake to the streets at right. any time. Like, if people think it's crazy right now, wait till you attack the gays. Oh. Shit's going to get lit. <laughs> They'll be like, is this a protest or is it just, like, a, n- a random night in West Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, are they, are they partying or protesting? Like, we what's can't tell. happening? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that I'm sort of like, okay, I guess I guess it'll be fine for now. Maybe. But the more immediate so. stuff, yeah. And immigration is is like freaking me out the the isolationism the we need to be our like him pissing just, off australia i was like whoever had piss off australia in the first week like really yeah. nailed their bingo card yeah how do you you can't what australians are just like windsurfing holding a beer like how do you piss them off <laughs> i don't know i genuinely don't know so i so yeah so i mean just the idea that we're like becoming a more isolated country and like pissing off all our friends and neighbors is really terrifying right and and the the, sorry no no go uh and um abortion stuff yeah that shit's scary we just did an episode on it last week i know i listened to it on the way here oh really i listened to your show you listen to it yeah i listen every time wow i listen to it all the way through big fan in this i'm a huge fan (laughs) it's like such an honor to meet you jill wow cool (laughs) gabby you seem like you're very upset with the state of the government Mm -hmm. um and you would like to stop it Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess you have some um, some inquiries for us that uh, me and Carmen can solve for you. Okay, great. The Bossy yeah. Show Hotline. Yeah. <laughs> so here here are my inquiries. I would like to lift the Muslim ban. Oh oh, oh okay yeah we can um, yeah we can easy. help you with that right. Sure. You would take that to the courts in hope that they would issue a stay or overturn the law completely. A stay temporarily blocks a law from being implemented in expectation of further legal proceedings. You're on your phone right now, Gabby. Yeah, I'm I trying read to, it ahead of time. I'm trying, yeah, but I'm trying to explain the government to you. <laughs> okay, fine, I'm listening. So a stay temporarily blocks a law from being implemented. Blow it up. Uh, Blow in, up the uh, government. Okay, th- okay sorry. In expectation of further legal proceedings, <laughs> a.k.a. taking it to the Supreme Court. Overturning a law is the court's way of saying, fuck the law. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, stays can be appealed, and since they're not permanent, they can be reversed by a higher court ruling at any given time. And you can also overturn an overturn, and basically, like, no court ruling is ever really safe. Am I right, Roe v. Wade? Am I right? Oh. No. Oh. Well, okay. Well, that, that that was certainly unexpected. That's bad. So it seems that there is no answer because you can just obstruct... Um, everything in the world. So, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I want the affordable. I yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so want. Well. I want the Affordable Care Act repealed to not happen, please. Well, Gabby, considering it's incredibly likely that uh, the an ACA repeal will get through Congress with the GOP holding the majority in both the Senate and the House, Donald Trump could, in theory, veto the repeal, uh, which is the Commander in Chief's right to reject a bill and refuse to sign it. By the way, this definitely won't happen because Trump wants to repeal the ACA and kill us all. This is just a bad example. Yeah, but also... Oh, oh. 
Um, a veto can be overwritten in Congress. Okay. Oh. Um, if two-thirds of the legislators in both the Senate and the House vote to overturn the veto, it becomes law without the president's signature on it. Hmm. Historically, this happens less than 10% of the time, but it did happen to Obama when Obama tried to veto a bill allowing families of 9-11 victims to sue the government of Saudi Arabia. Jesus Christ. Okay. Completely, really super normal and important. Okay, so basically Law. both things that are happening are are pro the repeal. Because the only way that it would stop is if Donald Trump wants to stop it and he doesn't. So Right, it's going to get repealed. <sighs> Um, nothing's working out. Congress people, do they not have families? <laughs> I don't know. I think they do, but they're all just white and they're I, all, they all have sons. Maybe. I mean, I tried to ask Paul Ryan, like, if he knew that people were going to die. Yeah. How did he, he how didn't, did he, take he wouldn't, that? he wouldn't, he didn't answer. Oh, he didn't answer. Right. He's too, he's, he's a very busy and important you. person. He's more so just like pretending he's not there. He's like putting his away message up when he's still at his desk. Oh, well, I also hate Neil Gorsuch, and I think he will ruin the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh, strong! Oh, wow, strong opinion. Um, well, here's something you could do. We could, uh, I don't know, filibuster in that in the Senate. The Senate basically uh, has to vote in order to vote, as in they have to agree to vote on a nominee before they can even begin voting on that nominee. Uh, when a senator or a group of senators come together to essentially delay that initial vote until it's no longer an option. That's called a filibuster. Okay, great. Let's do that. But, uh, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Here she comes. Unfortunately, senators can also vote to change rules about voting. Are you, f- are you fucking kidding okay, me? Okay, so Democrats, Democrats did this during the Obama years because Republicans wouldn't let them do anything. So in the hopes of actually fucking getting work done, they eliminated filibusters for lower court nominees. Um, what? Because Republicans refused to vote on them. And appointees, I don't know. So now Republicans could technically do the same thing for Supreme Court nominees, a.k.a. Neil Gorsuch. Great-looking man. Terrible ideas. Um, (laughs) The press refers to this as the nuclear option because everything's going to explode and we're all going to die. So you can just vote to change the rules about vote. This is like yes. when you're like, this is like playing Monopoly with my sister as like a kid. And she's <laughs> yeah. just like, I'm the banker. And I'm like, what? No. You're not. Yeah. And she's like, I've decided that this piece moves here. And I'm like, you can't do that. It's true. You can't do anything. Like basically if they do a, a filibuster, then the Republicans can just be like, mm, we're changing the rules. And now filibusters can't happen ever because that's the new law. Who thought this through? No one. Well, I think it's more so. I feel like it's more abuse of power. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, well, OK, great. I I'm look forward to joining the Fascism Forever Club that will become <laughs> our nation. You know that, right? right. Yeah. I that mean, he had a club is, called Fascism uh, yeah, Forever. Yeah, Gorsuch had a right. fascism club. I mean, club. this is why we wanted to talk about this because... I mean, that was basically an elongated sketch in which Carmen plays the um, devil's advocate in mm-hmm. a sketch called The Government is Broken. <laughs> like, nothing nothing can happen. The government is broken. The government is broken. There's all these it's holes not our in fault. it. Like, remember... It's their fault. Guys, this man had a club called Fascism Forever. Yes. Like... It was a joke. He said it was a joke. Okay. Because okay. us lefties were too interested in political correctness. Okay, here's the thing. I, when I was in high school, I was 
a piece of shit. Yes. I was. Go on. So. <laughs> Do tell. I loved to rabble rouse. Mm-hmm. I loved to cause trouble. I loved to rebel. I loved to do all, like, I get it. Like, I get the sort of, like, oh, I'm going to, like, be edgy. Like, I was a punk. Like, I get it. Yeah. So, like, I've seen people be like, oh, the Fashions for Forever Club is just, like, him being, like, a high school troublemaker or whatever. But in all of my storied career as a high school troublemaker, mm-hmm. I was never like, you know what? Fascism. He like, was, that yeah, didn't yeah. occur to me. He was also in an Ivy League school. When yeah, he did like, that. What, what is the joke exactly? I, I guess you could say I'm actually on the same page as you guys because I had a, uh, my senior quote was Hannah Montana, life's what you make it, so let's make it rock. So I feel like I get what you're talking about. Was it really? Yeah, that was my high school. Mine was quote. mine was never let school get in the way of your education. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is so good. And then I throw up the devil horns and stick my tongue out. Right. The difference is that you're not going to be on the Supreme Court, maybe. I mean, who knows what the future holds. But. I would love to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I'm so young. I have so much time. Right. And that's a full-time. Are you kidding me? Show business is so up and down. Like, that's a full-time gig <laughs> that you never that you can never get. I, I feel that's like, like being on a show that never gets canceled. You know what being <laughs> yeah. on the Supreme Court is like? Getting on one of those law and orders. Yes. Or you NCIS. just ride that wave for like 10, 15 years. NCIS DC. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Do you have any more questions for me about politics? Have mm. I done well? about answering about politics i think i think you have done well i don't really have any more questions (laughs) i want to say another can i say another thing that i care about yeah yeah another thing that i care about and i got nervous today because trump signed a thing about police or whatever like crime and trying to like get like go crack down on (laughs) bad quote unquote communities right and now i and then i i think Oh man, I think Black Lives Matter is going to be in a lot of trouble now. Like there he's sort of circ- not without saying Black Lives Matter as a movement, he's like targeting them. Oh totally. There I think that's like definitely next. Like I the know. Muslim ban is like now the federal court, you know, like like and whatever. And he's staying but... away from LGBTQ people cuz white gays won't care. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the Black Lives Matter movement is going to be in trouble eventually. I mean, I saw a lot of people tweeting even today that they like stop and frisk they think is going to be like a nationwide thing i don't think that's like far off to think that that will happen but nobody's gonna like i wish that those same that same fervor that was at the women's march would happen in for all of these things i mean i i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's out of the question i think no, like yeah, it was it's just i think like he knows he's purposefully not touching white people yet yeah i mean i think that the display um of protests across the country during the muslim ban was like really yeah, good heartening. To, yeah, it was really heartening because that kind of thing didn't exist last year. And that's like, you know, during Hillary Clinton's whole, that's the whole reason she lost. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think. But now people are like, I think, finally, like coming out of the shadows and being like, hey, we're white and care about other people. Oh, thank God. Where, yeah. where have you been? No, they literally, this is the first time in history they're coming out. So I know. This is their coming out story. <laughs> well, Gabby, thank you so much for being here. You can subscribe to Gabby's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash justbetweenus. And I highly recommend pre-ordering Gabby's book, I Hate Everyone But You, on Amazon. The book comes out September 19th. You can also subscribe to Gabby's podcast, Bad With Money, on iTunes, which is not just as a friend, but at my favorite podcast besides this one. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thank you that you think that that's your favorite podcast. Yeah, it's great. I like it. If you ever do do a show about capitalism. do do. Well, (laughs) thank you, Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for this episode of The Bossy Show. Make sure to tune in next week. 
Want to get involved? Here's something you can do right now to make a difference. Tell your senator to oppose Gorsuch's nomination and urge them to filibuster his appointment. Go to bit.ly slash stop Gorsuch please, that's PLZ, to email your senator. Then follow up by calling 202-224-3121 and asking to be directed to your senators. Follow at The Bossy Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr for pics from inside the show and more. Special thanks to Gabby Dunn, Jason from Downstairs, and Nan Aaron for being on our show. The Bossy Show is recorded at Sonic Pool Post Productions in Hollywood. Music by Johnny Franco and audio engineering by Drew Frost. See you next time. Jill, they can't see us. 